I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average. So you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation or a new kitchen or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at penfed.org slash savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open an account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. You can't get much for five bucks these days, unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT, plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink, all for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Corner to Corner is live in What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We're live. That's right. We are actually live and in full color. Something like that on corner to corner right here on Spreaker.com and C2CRadioShow.com. Hope you're doing well. It's almost Memorial Day. The summer is upon us. And uh, just down down the road, so to speak, in a few days, we've got AEW's Double or Nothing. It's going to be an exciting weekend. We're planning on getting together. We had a fun weekend this past weekend. My name is Stan Grubb. I'm joined by my tag team partner, Brian Taylor. What's up, Brian? What's up? And let me just go out on a limb here and say that Disney has now reached an all-time low on trying to get my money. Oh, no. What have they done? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, you know why we're loading up. I'm flipping through the old Facebook, and I come across... Build your own R2. So it piques my curiosity. Only to find out that if you subscribe to a magazine, every month they're going to ship you a new part of R2. Oh, no. So you get piece by piece. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, so you get piece by piece. What a bunch piece. of crap. <laughs> it's $50 for this, please, and 150 for that one. No, that I'll pass. Thank you. Well, no, so, I mean, it uh, looks like the magazine subscription. Let me get down to the price. I, I just looked at the price a minute ago. Um, so, the magazine looks to be maybe 14 bucks plus a piece of R2-D2. But I don't know what the magazine entails, right? Yeah, $14. Um... And in each magazine, you get a piece of R2-D2. But he is controlled by an app, so that must mean there 
might be some type of motor in them. So, uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But that's kind of clever. I'll give it to them. That's fucking. That's clever. They're they're trying to get in, get in that wallet, man. They're like, hey, we know he's got that money. He's going. He's going to Whoa. Forbidden Door. <laughs> yeah, and it's got a projector that can emit messages from Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Ooh, now see. Help me, my... Brian Taylor. You're my only hope. <laughs> Let's see. Um, they... mm. they found out. Um, let me like that. Let me come back to that later. <laughs> he's going to do it I'm when he's it, not man. on the show, so we don't when give I'm a hard time. <laughs> I'm gonna wait Your magazine week, now costs weekend. $400. <laughs> yeah. Sharon will be out of town. I've subscribed to the magazine. She'll be like, what's this? I'd be like, it's a piece of R2-D2, one magazine at a time. <laughs> That's how they get you. You pay $400 for the subscription, but the pieces are free. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, that you got to think about it. That is, like, so clever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's inventive. I'll give them that. Yeah. Because, I mean, not to say I'll do it, right? But that's pretty good. That's pretty clever to get a working R2-D2 one piece at a time. <laughs> I wonder how many magazines you would have to get. Hmm. How many pieces you do you think there are? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, it looks like you get more than one piece, but... You know what I'm saying? You're getting it in pieces. So, How much do you have to pay smart, for just R2's, R2's butt? I don't know. But if they're <laughs> smart, you're not going to complete it in like a year. You're going to have to wait like two years or something. That's... Yeah. That is so messed up. I just want well, to I mean, that is a true Disney tactic, though. Yeah, and if that doesn't scream like we're doing this to... To mess with somebody's OCD, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, because like you can't cancel; you have to get all the parts. Right, you have to go. Yeah, and I should know. I ha- I have a, I have I have a thing about you know starting collections and finishing them. Yeah, I, I have a little OCD. I know what that would do to me. That's why <laughs> I never got the Civil War chess set back in the eighties. You know. Was that the same kind of deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, especially like chess sets. All right, so Marvel has a really good-looking chess set, um, but it's one of the ones where you have to subscribe and then you get one piece at a time type deal. I think DC's had one, DC Comics. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a Civil War chess set back in, like, the 80s, I think, and... um, I think that one may have come with a book or something or or something. There was something to that. Like each month you would get a magazine and one chess piece or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just trying to get all the pieces so I can finally play one game. (laughs) Yeah. That Uh, sucks. Yeah. But I mean, that's the good thing about like the Marvel pieces. At least you can, Mm -hmm. you can kind of use them for, you know, for display purposes. Yeah. 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 But the chess sets, no, no. 
you're waiting about five years to get Robert E. Lee and Grant. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not reenacting crap yet for about five years. You just get uh, Andrew Jackson all the time. Get like four doubles of Andrew Jackson. So, but Brian, yeah, we got. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No. Oh, no, no. You go ahead. So, we have a lot that's coming up this week. We've got a steel cage match between Wardlow and Spears with uh, special guest referee MJF. This past week, we had a whipping moment, which, you know, I said it the week prior that I didn't think it was a good idea, but I'm going to tell you why I was actually proven wrong. We've got. <clears throat> Double or nothing coming up. Sorry, I was looking at the screen because Tiffany Stratton walked by. Hello. Um, so we've got the Double or Nothing pay-per-view this weekend. And we got a great what-if question that we asked last week. We're going to get your take on it. We're going to get Rob's take on it. If we can ever get him on Skype here. Hey, poor guy's having some trouble, I think. Um, and Hey, we took a road trip last weekend. So why not start off with that? Let's start with the road trip, man. We finally, yeah. finally got a chance to go to Winchester, Virginia, to Squared Circle Collectibles. This guy, these these people have been doing just gangbuster business, having signing after signing. They started off with uh, Enzo Amore, and they never looked back. Excuse me, Enzo, not Enzo Amore, because that's a WWE-owned name. Mm-hmm. They've had uh, Evil Uno. They had Chris Statlander just last weekend. And this weekend, on the 28th, the Smoke Show comes to Winchester, Virginia. Scarlett Bordeaux, Bordeaux, excuse me. Former, uh, former NXT personality, former WWE personality, former Impact Women's Champion or Knockouts Champion. Just a ton of different people. Or places that she's been, and she's going to be in Virginia. I'm all tongue tied, Brian. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But we got a chance to check out their shop. It was really, really nice. Um, I liked the layout of it. They had a hell of a lot to choose from. They had the the pop up stage for AEW, which I got psyched mm-hmm. about. That I haven't put it together yet. I'm actually a little intimidated by it. No, go on and do it, oh. and then then. When the Thunder Rosa figure comes out, maybe we can have the Britt Baker bloodbath one. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, and you see, you could you know you could put them, have them fight, you know, in your ring with your pop up stage. That's right. Make it look all nice and pretty. So WWE did a stage like this before, and it didn't look anything like this one. Obviously, it wasn't the same set. But what I'm talking about is it wasn't as detailed. Um, it was basically like the steel trusses that they do for their their old raw design, and it was just the raw set. This one, on the other hand, comes with the tunnels, the ramp to the ring. It's got um, the video screen set up, which you know you've seen one, you've seen them all as far as video screens, but it's set up in a way that you can change out the the placards, the name tag thing, from dynamite to rampage to all out to double or nothing. Um, and Revolution in full gear. So you can choose from any of them, and also Dark and Elevation. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm almost positive that 
um, the WWE has had some really nice entrance ramps. I know some of them have stunk. Well, you remember that that early one, the Titan Tron Live one, where you put the figure on there and it said, "Now entering the Titan Tron," and then it played yeah, this crappy music. Well, no, I yeah, but I thought it played like who because the figure has a little metal piece on the bottom. Right, right. It had a little uh, contact piece that it, it enabled it to play a theme, and it would play right. the wrestler's theme. But the reason I said it was crappy music was because of the way it looked, or excuse me, the way it sounded. Mm. Like it was very metallic and, and pinny, like or tinny kind of thing, if that's even the gotcha. proper description. Yeah, yeah, but, that works. I feel I like still the, had the APA from that set. Yep, yep. Some of the figures looked pretty cool. APA looked good. Um, Triple H was okay. The Rock looked like well, it was a Rock, so kind of hard to mess up on the Rock. But like then you got like the New Age Outlaws, they didn't look anything like him. Um, and then you got uh, Vince McMahon, which looked like he was uh, Super Hulk Vince McMahon. So good old good old Jax back in the day. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so this this shop Squared Circle Collectibles was really nice. The people were great. Um, they had just had their signing with Chris Statlander who they had signed figures, uh, T-shirts, pictures. They had, You name it, they had it. Um, and, God, did they ever have memorabilia. Brian, I mean, they had, they had Rhino signed gear. They had signed leather jackets from Alexa Bliss. It was, it was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, pictures, um, like in frames, framed mm-hmm. pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Billy Gunn's one of one of his boots or something. Yep. And uh, not to mention a whole bunch of AEW figures, um, some WWE figures, uh, some ROH figures. Um, from uh, what was that set called? Um, that was like uh, Legends of the Ring. ROH figures. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, what was the company that made it? San Francisco Toy Makers. R- but even uh, those, Rising Stars. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, those actually stars. looked. Yeah, yeah. Those looked actually pretty good. I was. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've heard from uh, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast and a few others where they've talked about how they didn't think they were made very well at all. But like for example, Brian Myers, his figure actually looked pretty good. But if he didn't think it did, I, I guess maybe maybe it didn't. But I thought it looked all right. I thought they were good looking. Mm-hmm. Then you had uh, Gallows and Anderson, uh, their figures from their uh, their show. Yeah, yeah, so. the Talking Shop figures were there. The Major Wrestling Figures podcast was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the bendies. So you had uh, Cardona, Myers, Swaggle, and uh, Smart Mark Sterling. They had the Talking Shop, Bendy's, and the and the uh, Series Seven or Super Seven figures, which I was I was gushing all over that. I mean those those Series Seven or Super Seven figures look amazing. The detail, the time spent on just the paint. Um, we saw there was Tanahashi there. They had. Uh, Ishii, I think. Was it Ishii? Ishii, yeah. They had uh, Tanahashi, Ishii, they had Liger, 
and they had an Okada. I just didn't. I, I didn't want to open the box in front of the people because I didn't know if we were really allowed. So, um, oh, I wish yeah. I had paid attention. Because I, I I saw it and I was I was so tempted to just open the box just to look at it. I mean, I wouldn't have taken it out of the box, but you know, just to see what it looks like. But mm-hmm. you know, they they were very nice guys. I don't want to. I'm not trying to bury these guys at all. I I really liked this store and I look forward to going back. Um, but I also, this was our first time there. They don't know us like that. So I didn't want to like, Hey, I'm just going to open your box here. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, some, some old Hasbro's. Oh yes. It, mint on card. Owen Hart. So for, uh, for I my, wish you hadn't said that. Now I should punch you right in your face. My, <laughs> Hey, my fellow bro collectors, my fellow Hasbro collectors out there. I know you're hearing this. You got to check this store out. Now I'm going to tell you, and I'll just be honest and they'll admit it too. Um, you're gonna pay for it. You're gonna pay a proper price. It's not. It's not overpriced. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to sell it like that. But you're gonna end up having to pay what whatever the expected cost yeah, is. But I want it. Hey, you I will probably get it. it. Here's the thing, and and Brian, you know this about me. I have to see something, especially something I want collectible wise, at least three or four times before I finally bite the bullet to get it. Now the brand new stuff, I get it as soon as I see it, right? So like the mm-hmm. AEW figures, I pretty much swallow them up as soon as I find them. But collectible-wise, like, remember the con we went to in Fredericksburg, and that guy had Texas Tornado, but how much was he asking for it? Mm, I don't remember that one. $400. Now, now granted, yeah, but- back in the day, I was a huge Kerry Von Eric Mark and Texas Tornado fan. So it's not that I wouldn't want to pay that. And that probably is what it gets mint on card on eBay anyway. So it's not exactly out of the market range, but I have to be able to, I, that's something I'd have to see a few times before I finally go, all right, I'm going to get it. Well, so, I mean, you really need to check prices first. Um, Definitely. Before just committing to something like that. But, um, cause who did they have? They had Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they had, I think Skinner. They had, Skinner. They had Owen, they had they did have Skinner, they also had in this one. If if you're a true fan of Hasbro's and especially the guy they had, then you got to get this one. They had the Series One Hulk Hogan mint on card. Granted, it was priced proper. I mean, it was two hundred bucks. It's a great price for it, but that's mint on card. I mean, you can't find them mint on card hardly at all anymore. It's, uh, I mean, eBay you can, but you're going to pay yeah. most times inflated cost. So the Owen Hart mint on card is 200 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Now this one, I don't think was, I would, I don't know if I'd necessarily call it mint, but because you probably ain't going to see, but so many in your lifetime, right? I might would go 200. No problem. Um, I mean, it's worth it to have it in the collection. It's it's one of those uh, figurehead kind of pieces. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's Owen Hart, so you're not going to find but so many out there. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the next one you see could very well somebody be asking for $1,000 because they don't know how to price anything. You know, they're just going to try and gouge the crap out of you thinking you're going to bite on it. And, you know, you'll have missed the $200 one, which is, you know, again, a fair price, a decent price. 
And it may very well have been mint on card, you know, because there were a few of them we looked at. I know maybe one or two, the card looked a little rough, but I would definitely plunk down 200 for an Owen Hart on card Hasbro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but again, the next time that I lay my eyes on it. Oh, it'll be yours. Well, no, not uh, what I'm saying is the next time I lay my eyes on it, it might be that guy who's just trying to, you know, make a quick buck on it Mm -hmm. and try and gouge somebody for $800. Yeah. That's a thing. Like, which is why I'm trying to be careful. I feel like price wise with where Winchester is in the state, you're paying for the convenience of finding where this is at. That's oh, legitimately yeah. true. I mean, and, and I, I respect that because we had a conversation about it on the way back. I mean, I, I felt like, cause some, they had series eight, which I mean, I got lucky and found a Jericho, but I haven't seen any other AEW series eight anywhere at all. Um, since it came out. Series 9 is supposedly on shelves now with uh, Hobbs and Brian Cage and Christian. Mm-hmm. But, again, I haven't seen them yet, so you get an opportunity to to really check out what's there. Yeah, you're going to pay 32 34 bucks, and if you figure you get it off of ringside collectibles, you're paying 10 to 15 for shipping anyway. So those prices are actually kind of in line. So yeah. it's not, not bad well, again, prices. So if I'm going to, if for me, right, and you know I have a lot of crap, right? Oh, yeah. If, if I'm going to plunk down, especially that kind of money, um, then it, it, to me it's more of something I, ha- I, I don't think I can get my hands on mm-hmm. that easy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. like, again, in this case, the Owen Hart. It's the first one I've ever seen in the wild, so to speak. And, again, I'm not – I wouldn't necessarily fret over 50 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. It's, so, I think at most, if the card was messed up, maybe it's 150 Maybe I looked at the wrong card, and that card is mint. It's 200 Mm-hmm. Right, I would have no problem for something like that—a fifty-dollar difference, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because just simply the fact that, again, it's the first—I'm not a Hasbro fan, uh, but I wouldn't pass up an Owen Hart. Right. Um, it's kind of like, which I'm assuming we'll talk about the next door here shortly. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff we saw in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think their prices were spot on. Um, they didn't appear to be gouging. They didn't, even the old stuff, they didn't appear to be off the mark. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we'll probably be making that a regular trip, especially once we... Um, uh, get to some signings that we want to go to. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, there's so Saturdays. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say Saturday's not off the table yet. Um, Ju- uh, June is full full of ECW originals. 
Mm-hmm. Douglas and Francine, Sandman. Um, who else was it? Sabu and Fonzie. Sabu and Fonzie. That one might be interesting too. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, who was the fourth one? Let me pull up their website real quick. Was it Taz? It wasn't Taz. No. Uh-uh. There we go. Squared Circle. 21.com is the website. Feel free to go there. Check him out. Sandman, maybe? I think he's got Sandman. He's, I think he said Sandman. Let me just look at their calendar here. Okay, guys. Uh, this is your cue to put your calendar actually on your website. Okay. So let it me was. just pull up their Facebook page. Um, yeah, yeah, Facebook. Who does websites anymore? Just me. <laughs> So Scarlet's on Saturday, Shane and Francine on the 4th of June, Sabu and Bill Alfonso on the 18th, Sandman on the 25th. So that's as far as they're booked out for now. But these guys have had signings every single weekend since they opened. They have been nonstop. Mm -hmm. And price-wise for the uh, autographs was nice. $30 for an autographed 8x10. Uh, $30, $30 for a photo op, which is well in line with what you'd pay at a convention. Uh-huh. Um, and cheaper. 50 for both, I think? Yep, yep. You could get a signed figure for 75 You get a signed figure for 75 for uh, Statlander, which is cheaper than what they charge at the AEW shows. Say that quietly because you don't want them to change it. <clears throat> well, I also like the fact that they do that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And as we found out, you also can pre-order you can't make it you can order the stuff and they'll get it signed for you mm-hmm. um you know so it's a cool local opportunity like brian i'm waiting to see who they've got who else they've got um <clears throat> i could see what they need to do is have a payday loan place next door um because then stan could go more often <laughs> I mean, hey, I I was really well behaved at this one. <laughs> we spent a lot of your money in your mind. That's true. You made me extremely nervous. And of course, when I, you know, call my wife, "Hey, uh, guess what I found?" She's like, "Uh-huh. What else did you find?" Rob and Brian in the background here it goes. It's <clears throat> Stan's going to buy this and he's going to do this and then he's going to Hey, oh yeah, he's buying us this figure and this autograph and and the whole time they're doing this while I'm on the phone with her. So it's it's a uh, yeah. That's happening right there in front of me. I was getting nervous. My anxiety was a little up. All you had to do was be like, no. Yeah, well, I didn't want to be mean. I'm always trying to be nice. If you wanted to be nice, you'd have bought us something. I didn't say that nice. Careful. One step at a time. So there's pictures all over their Facebook page, pictures uh, of just the different signings they've had. You can tell by the layout of the store. They've got plenty to choose from. Pops, uh, they had AEW cards there, WWE cards. Um, I think Brian mentioned the Billy Guns boots. Uh, I know we saw Rhino's gear there. A lot of replica titles. Now, these are not replica titles that are for sale, I don't think. Just more on display. Um the coolest Rest shirts thing, autographed by Earl Hebner. That was cool. Yeah, I was just about to say that. 
um, Alexa Bliss jacket, ring worn, mm-hmm. and then a ring worn was a D-Lo coat. So the Aces and Eights uh, vest was worn by uh, Doc Gallows, but it was it had D-Lo's autograph on there and Luke Gallows' autograph. They even have a uh, a, a retro mania. Uh, arcade game there which is really cool looking i got a chance to fiddle with that while we were in there some really nice framed art autographs too on the wall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah if you get a chance go check them out it's very easy to find we took the drive it took us about an hour hour and a half with traffic and all but uh wasn't too bad for us getting there it was nice definitely know like if you, I know you all said it, but if you're in the area and you, there's some AEW figs you don't have in any series, yes, I mean they had they had some going back to one. You know, they had Omega and the Jacksons from Series One mm-hmm. with uh, a Cody. So, um, plenty. Well, they also. They also had Cody and Kenny Omega wrestling buddies. Yep, and they had the the green LGN style Cody. Mm-hmm. A couple of those. Several wrestling, you know. I mean, a good selection. Too the bad one thing- I'm not a kid and play with my wrestling. <laughs> the one thing that that I'll have to go back for at some point is going to be that. Uh, and that deluxe ring with Aubrey Edwards. That's that's the one I want to get because that's the only way you can get an Aubrey Edwards figure. Unless somebody's lucky enough to buy one loose. Should have had it. It was there. Yeah, should have had money for it too. It would have been even better. I mean, come on, man. You only live once. Thing is, I mean, even if I had grabbed it and ran with it, you know, I couldn't have gone far because you're my ride. And you were inside, so wouldn't have made it. I ain't saying steal it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't have gotten away with it. So make it all weird by saying, "Oh, steal it." <laughs> so that was squared squared circle collectibles at 3343 Valley Pike Suite 100 in Winchester. Very, like I said, very easy to find. About an hour, hour and a half away from our our home locales in Culpeper and Fredericksburg. Um, so if you get an opportunity, if you're in the DMV, feel free to check it out. They got a signing with Scarlet on Saturday from one o'clock to four o'clock. Feel free to check them out. Look at this, all this free pub we're getting. Them. All our fans in China are like, I wish I could go. I know you do. We wish we could take you there. Now looking at, uh, the next store we went to over the weekend, we went to, the Strasburg Flea Market at 110 North Massanutten Street. That's right, 110 North Massanutten Street. <laughs> we got a chance to check out uh, the the location where the Diego Divorce Show did a live a live show with uh, Anthony Athens and Mad Max Morrison. Got a chance to check out perhaps one of the coolest small flea markets I've ever seen in my life. Um. I don't know that I could do a description justice of it. Rob, Brian, 
one of you guys put a description out there. Tell the fans what what we saw. I mean, take your old house, like your old house circa like the sixties, you know, with the wood floors and the walls. But take out all the furniture. Just fill it with toys. Fill the whole fill the whole living room with toys. All kinds of toys. Love boat figures. I didn't even know they uh, made those, by the way. You know, mash figures still in the package. Love boat figures still in the package. Um, some toys and some toys and boxes in better condition, but that got that goes with the territory when you're checking Vincent's toys. You know, mm-hmm. um, Transformers, GoBots, uh, Batman. He's not uh, kidding. Freaking GoBots were there. I saw them. Um, Star Trek, Star Wars, um, and let's not forget, oh, comic books, um, chairs from wrestling events, autos, you know, we're talking about LGNs, we're talking about Hasbro's, we're talking about AWA, we're talking about, you know, the wrestling classics that Jack Specific put out right before WWE said, "Oh, we're going to go somewhere else." Um, boxes and boxes of those. Boxes. I mean, anyone you thought of, they probably had. And as a guy who collected them and had boxes just like that, I understood their pain. This was one of those um, fairly similar to the one in Virginia Beach we went to, Brian. The, the layout as far as how it was organized, you know, but it was it was so cool to see some of the stuff because, like, he had – Rob mentioned the LJNs. Like, these weren't just dingy-looking LJNs. These were, like, fresh. These looked great. They had, for example, they had a Heart Foundation tag team set with the belts, and uh, I'd say they were in very good condition. I don't know if I'd say excellent, but very good. They had um, the initial Andre the Giant before the singlet, so just the tights. And that one looked like it was in great shape. They had, he said he had mint on card, um, green card Hasbros. I didn't see any of them out there, but I did see um, some of the mint on card Hasbros that he had that were Series 1. Uh, he had a few that were, I think, Tatanka and Hacksaw Jim Duggan were mint on card as well. So, I mean, he had a hell of a selection there. And Brian, you, you were looking at all kinds of autographs. I was. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm distracted. I was watching uh, NXT. Wow. It was it was Indian Mandy. How could you not be distracted? <laughs> I'll take sentences I never thought I'd hear Brian say for a thousand, Alex. Well, I mean, it was actually a, a collector can't let everybody out the bag or someone will go get it. That's fair. That's fair. Although I kind of spoiled it on the, on the Owen thing. <laughs> Brian wasn't happy I gave that away. No? Uh-uh. I mean, the guy's price was decent. Um, the prices were decent. I mean, they had show posters from the 80s. Um some autographs, some not. Um, 
parking was a little bit enjoyable. Yeah, that was unique. Um, and then they had other rooms in the back of the the back room. There was like magic cards and Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing going on. Um, the middle room was kind of just like a hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah, it was literally everything. I mean, definitely a place you could go many times over and not see the same thing or find something different. Because, I mean, there was a couple times that the three of us looked at the same shelf and all three saw something different. Mm-hmm. Now, that was also the thing, because, like, you could walk past that same shelf and come back to it and find something different, too. Like, oh, crap, I didn't see. Like, he had the the AWA championship case for the uh, AWA Remco figures. And that was, um, I won't say mint because the, the packaging was beat up, but it was still sealed, which you you won't find that in very many places, if any. Maybe Virginia Beach has it, but I don't think I remember seeing it. Well, and you also got to think the age of toys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The age of something like that to be in the, I mean, still sealed in the box is amazing enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, he had, then he had grab bags of mm-hmm. random figures. Um, not to mention a wonderful show poster when you walked in, wrestling poster on the door. That was pretty cool. It's pretty neat um, to see something something that uh something that, that, that you work on and put up there like that. That's kinda cool. Yeah, so definitely we'll be going back. Um to kind of see what else comes because he kept saying how he had more collections and storage and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those stores that they have boxes among boxes that aren't even in there yet of stuff they need to price and put out there. Um, I was looking at some autograph photos from a collection he had he had brought in fairly recently, and they weren't even priced yet. Some of them were, I mean, a lot of notable names from both yesterday and today. Just it was impressive. It was impressive. I really I really enjoyed checking both of these places out. I, I think it's definitely going to be on our are frequently frequently uh, attended venues type thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I you'll definitely it. be going back. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just think it'd be fun to do it on a Saturday in the summer when the flea market in Front Royals open. So as we pass through, we can stop there and peruse what they have. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about rediscovering like your your love of collecting and your love of toys and stuff like that. That's that's the way to do it. Just go to some of these these spots and just check out all of the cool stuff they have. It's just amazing. Um, I, I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. Question was asked last week. 
and we'll put it out there for us tonight. This was a good one. I, I saw this one and heard this one through uh, through Twitter. I believe uh, Eric Bischoff was asked it initially through 83 Weeks, and I figured, yeah, this is a good conversation piece here. The question becomes, what if instead of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash making the journey to WCW and NWO starting up, what if it had been Triple H and Shawn Michaels going to WCW and starting NWO? Would it have been such such a big deal? Would would WCW would have would they have blown up that way? So that's where we're on here. The what if? Who wants to go first? Where did the question come from? Uh, initially, it came from eighty three weeks. Like Bischoff asked, or did somebody ask him? A fan asked Bischoff. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, um, I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think you even get the NWO, honestly. Okay. Would they not have had, the same kind of impact just by the signing itself. Because I remember when Nash and Hall get signed to WCW in ni- late 95, early 96, you know, we didn't know, know about it. We knew their contracts were up. We knew there was a curtain call, but again, we didn't know they were WCW at that point. We just knew they were leaving because WWE actually made it known they were leaving. So yeah, when but, they show up in Memorial Day's Nitro, we didn't know what to make of that, or when Hall did. Yeah, but rather. even even if it is like so, the the big question about the what if is with no without it playing out the right way, you don't. I don't think you have what the WWE has, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have a DX because. I mean, no offense, but Hall and Nash to me would not be as good in DX as the other two. Mm-hmm. So no DX, no Stone Cold, or you, you may have Stone Cold, but he's not as big, right? Because one of the things is him and Michaels at WrestleMania. Right. A huge jumping off point for his career. Yeah, but I think there, I think – if you flip it, and even if you even if they did create the NWO, I don't think it's anywhere near as big. Because basically what one company was doing, the other one was countering it. Mm-hmm. And through the count for for both companies countering it, it set the business into the stratosphere. And honestly, I I don't know how well Triple H and Shawn Michaels could have pulled off an NWO. 19... I don't think... Oh, Go I was going to say, I don't think Hall and Nash could be pull off DX. Yeah, the, the question itself, that's why I thought it was such an interesting piece because it's two-sided, right? Would Hall and Nash have been able to pull off DX? It, you have to ask that question because... You can't do one without the other. Just like you said, they were literally battling one another and trying to one-up. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. the time, 
when Michaels and Triple H would be making this transition, so to speak. This is Shawn Michaels at the peak of his popularity as a face in 96. And Triple H, a relative unknown still. Right. Well, I mean, Triple H wouldn't have been unknown to WCW. Right? Because remember, he, I think that's where he started was WCW. Terra Rising. On a national level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... WCW fans would have known who he was. <laughs> However, they I don't think they would have bought into what you would have needed to happen in order to make the NWO as big as it was. Because <laughs> you'd had Michaels. Michaels was a legit superstar. But DX kind of pushes Triple H over the watermark. Right? Yes. I don't think... Go ahead, sorry. No, you're good. No, I just feel like I don't think at the point where they were, I don't think Shawn Michaels and Triple H would have had the oh shit factor that Kevin Nash and Razor had. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it, they started with Razor, and Razor said, oh, you know, Scott Hall said, oh, well, I've got a friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like Brian has said, Shawn Michaels had had some success, you know, Triple H hadn't had the level of success that he needed or he would. And I don't see those two playing game, playing ball with Hogan, you know, because you can't tell me that they hadn't already planned on bringing Hogan in, you know, and I don't see Shawn Michaels and, Triple H, yeah, okay, we'll play second fiddle to Hogan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, well, in 1996, Shawn Michaels is peak popularity, but at the same time backstage, right at that that turning point where he becomes one of the biggest assholes in the business. Right. And, I mean, it definitely would have changed things a little bit. I don't think. Like Brian had said, I think he was right on with the fact that the NWO wouldn't have become the NWO um, because at that point, in my in my opinion, and granted, opinions are like assholes. In my opinion, like when they had the NWO and they're like, oh, it's Hall and Nash and then Hogan showed up, you know, and then they were like, oh, who's the next one? Who's the next one? Remember? Mm-hmm. We were like, who's going to be the next? And it was six X-Pac. It was kind of anticlimactic, you know? You're yeah. Like, uh, okay. One, two, three kid grew up and got, got a beard, you know? Um, <laughs> but if you would have had, this is going to sound real, again, if you'd have had Shawn Michaels and then you brought out Triple H and then you brought out Sean Walkman. Like, there's only so many duds you can have before, a, a, you know, before a, a lackluster debut. Let me say that instead of duds, because you can't say Triple H and dud. But, um, well, I, like I disagree. That, they were going for that hook every week of, like, oh my God, right. we're going to pull you in with somebody else. And I think bringing back to back like that, it'd have been like, ah. 
well that now okay what's well, what's, I, what's raw got on it now you know yeah yeah i mean there's there's the old saying of nitro stood for now i'll turn raw on i remember that um when you look at 1996 the specific time frame it's not until late 96 that triple h wins the intercontinental title and then early 97 where he loses it to the rock wins king of the ring and then we start to see the transition into really the true attitude era because 96 the attitude era had only just been hinted it wasn't really attitude until 97 and 98 so this is a point where you know bischoff and hall and nash and hogan you know that that grouping of them working together to plan it you had like the perfect storm and i don't know that you'd be able to recreate that yeah i'm a huge Shawn michaels fan but i don't even know that Shawn michaels would have thrived in that atmosphere in like the nwo as a superstar by himself sure but I don't think the I have to agree with Brian. I don't think the NW even even happens. No, I mean I, I, this kind of goes back to those old age old stories of like what if mm-hmm. you know what if Flair would have gone north and Hogan gone south? You know how would it have turned out? Um, but I agree. Like I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean. I think you had to have the right people in the right places because we we've all seen since then them try to recreate that buzz in different factions, different groups with different storylines. Mm-hmm. We've seen it how many times and it's never been the same of like holy shit, that's amazing. You know? It's been But again though, uh, the biggest part of the formation of the NWO is not Hall and Nash. The biggest part is Hulk Hogan. Right. Because Hulk Hogan does something that he hasn't done since the early 80s. Right. And he tells the fans to stick it. Mm-hmm. He took off. Well, he yeah. didn't take off the red and yellow because he wore it that night. Asshole. <laughs> But, I mean, don't get me wrong, Hall and Nash are a huge part of this. Right. But, again, you know, you can play the what if, if Sting goes. Mm-hmm. Right. Sting maybe gets the same, uh, especially in WCW. Sting maybe gets, you know, you, you may have the same level um, as, the, as the Hogan NWO. And it probably would have gotten bigger because I don't think – Sting would allow them to water it down like they did. Right. Right, with all the cronies. However, Hall and Nash, when they came in, you knew they were bad guys. There, if At that time, if there was one person, you were like, oh, he'll never go bad. I, you know, I believe he'll never go bad. There's no way Hulk Hogan goes bad. Yeah, you couldn't have convinced me back in the 90s that Hogan was going to go bad. Yeah. I would have laughed at you. Right. And again, to me, it's it's the same as Sting in WCW. You wouldn't have seen that one coming, too. So those two, without Hogan or Sting, because, again, remember, Sting was a possibility because Hogan didn't say he would do it. They're just disgruntled ex-employees at that point. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. 
that by by one or two week in, you know they're not from WWE anymore. Because anybody that's watched wrestling knows that there are contracts. <laughs> yeah. Well, also back then you didn't have, you know, not everybody and their brother was waiting to jump on a story, you know. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody just walked out of Vince's office and the door slammed a little harder than it did last time. Yeah, you, we didn't have any of that insight. You know, and I honestly say sometimes it was such nice. It was a lot nicer being a wrestling fan back then. Because you actually had the allure and the surprise. You know, because I know Brian and I get on you stand sometimes about just like, don't read the spoilers, you know. Sometimes it's just fun to be surprised, but yeah, I agree. Paul and Nash gave us that ooh, that ooh factor, like ooh, what? But it was Hogan that set it over the, the, the over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, it that's what sent it soaring. And then, as we all do, as they always do with a good angle, they just beat it in the ground with NWO and then LWO and NWO Wolfpack and. NWO IHOP and you know uh, <laughs> NWO IHOP I like that <laughs> that's the the Virgil grouping oh no wait that was Olive Garden my bad my bad got it wrong sorry all you need breadsticks <laughs> Brian you still have NXT 2.0 on mm-hmm. so Thea Hale that's a high school graduate they're bringing into NXT what wait but didn't you talking about the one they just showed? Yes, yeah, that's the one. So I have my sound down. Uh huh. And based so did off I. the promo, I just saw it from last week though. Yeah, but based off the promo, she's a nursing student that graduated from Princeton. So the promo shows all these different acceptance letters to college, and she chose instead of college. To, to go here. to WWE. And Princeton being one of them. Correct. Oh, uh, yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> Has she You're not gonna... read the dirt sheets the last six months to a year? Well, I mean, she's apparently, she's 18. Yeah, but so, again, let's, 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 let's just take what we know. Right. Right? So... If let's say she were to transcend NXT to the main roster, right? Mm-hmm. And finally live her dream. You got 90 days to get over, kid. Yeah. As an 18 year old, who can handle that? And oh, by the way, you just told Princeton to suck it. So. On TV. <laughs> oh, and Jerry Lawler would like to see you at his office, please. Yeah, there's no plan B. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I get, I get what the WWE is trying to do with this latest crop. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to pull, get people in that you know are not in the business and right. all fresh raw recruits. Mm-hmm. But that can go south very quickly if you're not careful. 
Well, one of the... Go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, she may have the looks. Maybe she has the physical background. You know, I don't know. Maybe she played sports or whatever. There has to be some reason she gets in the door. So I'm assuming she's athletic. But just because you you got the looks and you're athletic, it doesn't mean you're going to get over in a crowd. Well, and then here's the other part. There's already one of those um, questionable environments there. And they, NXT 2.0 is full of uh, people that try to make out with one, one another. So now we're going to put on television a high school graduate trying to make out with a bunch of grown adults. That doesn't strike me as uh, good TV. Well, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the make out, so I don't I couldn't. Yeah, I don't know what wrestling show you're watching. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, Creeper. if you watched uh, what was their takeover event they had uh, WrestleMania weekend, I don't remember what it was called. Oh, um, yeah, the OnlyFans. It might as well have been because it was embarrassing. They did that whole thing with uh, Indy Index and uh, Duke Hudson and uh, the other girl that got got fired, which really sucks for her, by the way. Um, they, they put them in this storyline. It was like, uh, my couple's or our couple's better than your couple kind of thing. Um, and it just was horrible. And they've been doing this week in, week out. And now they've got Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton getting ready to do the same thing. So they just had this thing where they're locked into like the divas era kind of approach for women. Well, yeah. So with the women, it's, it's truly divas era. Right. And... Uh, it's I don't, I don't know what you'd say with the men, but it's almost like they're trying to take, oh maybe a little bit of attitude era, and throw in the divas era or something. And yeah, it's like they're trying to mix out. it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Tr- they're trying to because, find the uh, right mix. Yeah, with the, with this one guy I'm watching now, uh, I don't know his name, where he's throwing people into the crowd and stuff like that. Oh, Vaughn Wagner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that that almost screams like, you know, this is the attitude era. We're, ooh, we got spunk now. Mm-hmm. You know, when you know he's probably never going to the main roster, and if he does, he'll be fired within ninety days. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. see him getting over with what he's doing now. Yeah, and again, that's what you get, kids. That <laughs> comes right from Con and Vince. Yep. You got 90 days to get over. Well, maybe it's not Vince as much. I'm getting the feeling maybe it's more just Nick Khan's deal. Well, maybe it is. He's eliminated, what, one McMahon, one mm-hmm. Levesque? <laughs> so, <laughs> this past... And the Mc- CFO. Yep, and... yep. Well, I guess two McMahons. Shane's gone, Steph's gone, Paul's gone. Mm-hmm. He so done, he done he he ruined Triple H's creation enough to give the man a heart attack. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if that's exactly how that went down. I know that he says that it was an unspoken thing, but come on, you can't you can't go through that kind of work to make something that big, and then just okay, he's changing it. I, I just don't see anybody reacting like that. But of course, what we're what we're talking about here is Nick Khan 
taking over the duties for Stephanie McMahon, who this past week announced that she was effective immediately taking a leave of absence from World Wrestling Entertainment to spend time at home with family. Her own words. This is her own tweet from last week. Not to mention, not to mention we already knew that Triple H has uh, completely changed his workload. If he's, whatever he's doing in the background, we don't really know. We know he's supposedly back at work. At least that's what he says. But we don't really know what the guy is doing. Um, Vince, Vince. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Vince does an interview with Pat McAfee, plays it up like, you know, he's still backstage every single week, but the reality of it is he's well, he's really not. He's not he's not doing anything. And if he is, it's it's gotta be relatively minor because they're not gonna put him in harm's way health wise. I mean it's it's crazy. We're in a world where as weird as it sounds, it's not a McMahon run WWE. God, that sounds. I weird think it's not. It. I think the thing that's more shocking than a McMahon-run WWE is the fact that the man that we've all thought would be the heir apparent to the throne mm-hmm. is also gone. You know, we kind of all the last four years, five years, are like, "Oh, Triple H will take over. Triple H will take over." Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> you know. We all knew yeah. all knew Vince was not going to go anywhere. He was going to hang out until. But the fact that it's all gone, you know. Yeah, it's just so weird to to see all of these changes and happening in such rapid succession. I mean, from twenty twenty all the way to current, so much has changed with WWE that you hardly recognize it. I mean, it's not to say that it's completely different because let's face it, they're still doing a lot of the same stuff, but. It is pretty wild. Oh, boy. So just pulling some information together here, just taking a look at uh, more news coming out from this week. Of course, we're going to do the the predictions for Double or Nothing. Um, Mick, Mick Foley, Rob, is going to be doing his own podcast. Looks like uh, Conrad Thompson signed on another does this guy ever sleep? Like, jeez. <laughs> He's taking that free ads.com seriously. I mean, hey, if it's if it's making him money, then more power to him. I'm sure it's it's beneficial. But uh the premiere episode of Mick Foley's 
Foley is Pod debuts June 3rd, so not not too far away from us already, on adfreeshows.com. And his first episode is going to be covering his Hell in the Cell retirement match against Triple H from No Way Out 2000. Um, this, of course, would be his retirement match, but not really because, of course, Mick Foley comes back four or five times after and even goes to Impact and and wins the Impact Championship. So it's interesting to hear what his take is, especially since we got a chance to see, uh, you know, The Undertaker retire and, and Triple H retire and even the, the Randy Orton appreciation episode where of the three, only Randy Orton mentions Mick Foley. So I wonder what he'll say about that kind of stuff. I mean, I think he'll he'll say some fun things, but just like I've noticed on a lot of Conrads, they, they say things, they push the envelope, but then they don't go too far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it would be nice and neat to listen to, give something else to listen to. Um, I like listening to JR's every now and then, and I haven't listened to Jericho's in a while. I know that's not on Conrad Thompson's, but JR's is. And um, then 38 weeks. Is it 38 weeks? 83 weeks. 83 weeks, yeah. Um, yeah 83 weeks was a decent, fun uh, fun one to watch, uh, listen to. So, but, but yeah, I mean, another good podcast would be nice to listen to. Um, interesting. Obviously, they couldn't do the first episode as the Hell in the Cell with Taker. They can't do that because then everybody's like, "Oh, what else to listen to?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the story. Plus, I feel like, like when... um, Foley just doesn't right. know. Foley just just probably tells that story so often he probably didn't want to go first with that. He always talks about that. Well, and. He also talks about the fact that he's still, you know, it's still real hit to him. Damn, no, um, <laughs> but he's 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 one of those guys. He's a company man, even though he's not company right now. He's still company man. So, you know, he's going to do what's best for business. Well, and he's In had. My opinion. Well, he's had a lot to say about uh, the current WWE product. Uh, he has, of course, his Legends deal. So, um, as outspoken as he has been, you might have a point. It could be kind of like uh, Bruce Pritchard, where he tiptoes on the line and maybe says a little bit and then leaves the rest out there for our imagination, which, even still, a guy like Mick Foley's got to have some interesting, interesting stories. Heck yeah. I mean, the man's been in all the different companies. He was in WCW, NWA mm-hmm. during the Big Van Vader Sting era. He was in WC, WWE during the Attitude Era. Like, he was in these companies, you know, ECW. Like, he was in these companies in their prime. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not one of these that just happened to get in there after it, it had toppled it, you know, um, unfortunately kind of feel like, you know, Bret Hart's WCW run was right there at the end, mm-hmm. you know, he jumped a little too late 
in my opinion. Um, but, I mean, he was there during it all. Yeah, and that's where, when I really look at what what he went through career-wise, I mean, Mick Foley will have, well, I think he'll have a lot of content and a lot of stories he can go through. But I, I, you bring it up a good point right there at the beginning. You know, once he gets past that Hell in the Cell episode, I am curious as to what the listenership will be like. Because, you know, myself, I'd like to hear about his WCW days and even prior because it was really good in his books. But, you know, having him just talk about the Attitude Era when he's been so... Uh, outspoken about it in the past. I feel like we've already heard a lot of those stories. So let's take a look here as we continue to roll through some of the news and some of the information that's uh, been passed around this week. Um, We are on the road to double or nothing. That is this coming Sunday. And there's a lot of things to talk about, but let's talk about the build for MJF and Wardlow. Because this past week, this past Wednesday on Dynamite, Wardlow took the leather strap, took a belt, got whipped ten times. And uh, I initially said last week I didn't think this was a good idea. felt like it was literally just uh, copying what they did with Cody. But, hey, they absolutely did not. They went at it a little bit differently, and they made this segment work. And as a matter of fact, it helped as if he needs it, but it helped Wardlow even more to get into this uh, pay-per-view match against MJF and to set up for the steel cage match, which takes place tomorrow. Um, they start off with uh, MJF coming out there and running the crowd down. Sean Spears is with him. He says to bring out Wardlow to go ahead and get this done. But then uh, he, he says, don't, don't play any music. Don't say any, don't cheer for him. We're just going to get this done. And, He's going to take his take his 10 lashings. Well, Wardlow comes to the ring, takes these shots, and he takes the first few, and he, and he has this smirk on his face, doesn't sell it at all, which the crowd just loved. I mean, I think they react better when he no-sells than anything else. It's It's crazy. And this was exactly what they needed to do. So... I stand corrected. This segment was great. Yeah, I mean, I think the buildup they've done with Wardlow, we all know what's happening. We can all see it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree, like the lashings thing, like it's kind of like, all right, I was I was too thinking at that point. I was like, all right, this is pushing it too far. This is just redonkulous but you know the way it was done was just kind of like what you said you know they're gonna hit him hit him hit him and then he's just gonna like i'm done snap you know right right Um, but it's kind of that old school joe's gonna kill you you know (laughs) wardlow's gonna kill you um but It's going to be interesting to see the payoff because, like, the whole thing, my whole feeling on it is, yes, they built this whole story with Wardlow, right? But I also have this, and I know I've been, I know y'all have told me I'm wrong several times, but I just have this thing that if you're building MJF up to be this big heel, 
you can't lose every time, you know? Like, because obviously you think going in double or nothing, Wardlow's going to beat his ass, you know? But it's going to be interesting. Definitely interesting. Brian, last week you and I talked about it at length. I said that this this segment idea was not a good idea because it was going to be a copy of what they did with Cody. But as it turned out, it definitely was not a copy. And this segment turned into something that was really magical for Wardlow. Brian makes uh, Rob makes a good point with with what could happen here and the question of what happens with MJF. What were your, what was your take on the uh, segment itself? Mm, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I wasn't ready for that question. I have to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was a segment, I guess. I mean, do I think it pushes the feud? Yes. Um, but again, it you know, it's kind of a a belt lashing, you know, that they finally re- reminded us of with mm-hmm. clips of it happening to Cody. So Right. And we all know how you feel about that guy. Yeah. He loves him. He bought his shirt the other day. <laughs> Adrenaline in Brian's soul. Something, something. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> Get the tattoo. You know you want it. Mm-mm. Fortunately, not. <laughs> Get it tattooed right on your back. A big old American Nightmare tattoo. <laughs> Brian's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you look at this, this setup here, um, Robbie, bring up the point of MJF losing. And I'm curious if the expectation of Wardlow beating the hell out of MJF if that comes to fruition but he doesn't win in other words he beats the holy shit out of MJF I mean chairs power bombs you name it but by hook or by crook MJF master of the opportunity and shortcut finds a way and beats Wardlow I mean I feel like they could actually pull this off in a way where fans will still be entertained and still dig it and and go in for the finish. Hello? Well, I mean, it'll be interesting if they do. I mean, I obviously we all see what's going to happen. I mean, MJF has got to pay off down the road. Um, and, but then again, you know, what happens Sunday or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever it is, um, will pay off. I mean, kind of contradicting what I just said, you know, because I've heard Brian say it before, you know, Claire lost a lot of times, but it was the fact that he was that heel, that character that was able to null the fact, you know, Mm -hmm. to where when he went up for the title, everybody's like, oh, he's going to get it. And MJF is, is, MJF is the first heel I've seen in a long time that has that stature. You know, I'm not saying he's Flair. I'm just saying he plays 
one of the best heels that I've seen in years. Well, and, and there's a lot of people that feel like MJF is bulletproof that regardless of what happens, whether he wins or loses, the guy can, he can do no wrong in that regard. He finds a way to be, and this past week is a good indication of it, one of the most top-rated segments of Dynamite. Mm. Top rated, huh? This past week, he was the top segment. Still lower than Cody, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to check the rating for the <laughs> countdown clock. <laughs> it's countdown to Cody. Did they have that clock last night? I did not see Raw, so. They did it one time, yeah. Oh, uh, they didn't do it the entire show? Mm-mm. What? <laughs> Again, I turned it off, you know. Um, the problem, but I know I saw it once. Problem is, you got to get to Cody, and that's the thing. The rest of the roster all was so hard, hard, hard to watch. Easy uh, for you to say. Exactly. Luckily, I had it on DVR and could fast forward it really fast. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people do that. By the way, this past Monday's Raw, 1.76 million viewers. The average, the average for Raw from 2020 to current. Let me just pull this up because I looked at this earlier. And <clears throat> it continues to decline. It's crazy. So here we go. From 2017, 3.01 million viewers per episode. 2018, 2.83. 2019, 2.4. 2020, 1.8. Last year, 1.756. And this year, we're uh, right at that 1.7, 1.6 mark as far as the average is concerned. That's a huge, huge drop in five years. You've got to start doing something. And if you don't, you might as well just say you're selling it. Just sell it to Disney. Please get rid of it. Let somebody else touch it because clearly you just don't know what the hell to do anymore. They'll never sell, right? You're the one that says never say never. I, I used to think that, man. I used to think they'd never do it, but... And now, I mean, hell, we're 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 just we're talking about a possibility of it not being a, a McMahon run WWE, as basically it's Nick Khan's show. So, I suppose now anything's possible. I guess I guess. Uh, wow, I'm gonna say it. I guess I have to say you were right, Brian. We we finally reached that part where hey, the big fish is no longer the big fish. Well, it's not that it's not the big fish, but Sears. Um, I mean, look at all the the big companies, right? They'll mm-hmm. never go out of business. They'll never do this. They'll never do that. Yeah. And look at them now. It's true. It's true. It's it's a damn shame too. You know, there's a lot of you say what you want, like them, hate them, whatever. At one point in time, they were the the pinnacle of what the industry was was at that time market wise 
audience wise, you name it. And they, they found their way from 2001 buying their, buying their competition to current where viewership is now a fraction, a fraction of where their viewership was. It only took 21 years. Well, I mean, let's not forget that on average, it's 30 minutes worth of wrestling and two and a half hours worth of garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a big reason why the audience has dropped so much. It's why AEW was able to exist in the first place, much less grow, because the wrestling content that people want to see. And I feel like if you're going to have a three-hour wrestling show, that's great. Just make sure it's three hours of wrestling. We're, we're in the process of seeing perhaps – I know for me what I never thought I'd see, and that's just a changing of the guard, which I'm fine with. Might as well. Especially if what we have to look forward to is uh, NXT 2.0. By the way, LA Knight or Eli Drake has a new name. It's now Max Dupree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. See? Who cares? What? Um, But again, that's uh, that's the stupid stuff they do. They mm-hmm. insult their their audience. Like nobody's gonna know who he is. Yep. <laughs> so before we get into predictions for Double or Nothing for AEW's Double or Nothing, um, <clears throat> Brian, what were some of the parts of Dynamite that hopped off the page to you? Sounded like the MJF segment really didn't strike you. Uh, it's not that it didn't strike me, but it's why not? Why not just put them back through the five uh, trials of MJF or whatever it was? The labors of Jericho is that the way, the way that he called it? Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Why not just do that? I mean, I think he took it uh, marvelously, but yeah, uh, you know, is, is this what we get? MJF, a big MJF UD, you're either going to get a lashing or you're going to have to fight five matches to get to him. <laughs> I got five guys. You got to beat them first. Then we'll yeah. talk. <laughs> then My we'll people talk. call yeah. your people. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to, like, there are other more creative ways. You could have just left it to steel cage without the lashing. Yeah, that could have worked. You know, again, he, you know, you could have had him break the handcuffs and grab hold of one of them. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things you could have done, but I mean, at least he didn't cry like Cody, but. <laughs> you didn't say, damn, come on, man. I did. I mean, they showed you. He was wiggling all over the place trying to get away from that belt. It's not nice for you to say for your American hero. That's right. Don't you get so, it? There's a countdown. There's only four more days until we see Cody again. Yeah, there's He's a the countdown. He's the grandson of a plumber. <laughs> grandson of a plumber. I love it. That's awesome. Rob, anything uh, as far as Dynamite hopped off the page to you, bud? Chris Tatminder. Uh-huh. Um, no, I mean, I liked what we saw. I liked the, the way they're building up to double or nothing, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's not let's add more crap it's let's deepen what we have you know so it's definitely setting it up to be kind of a very interesting pay-per-view yeah we had we had some uh some great matches wednesday night and we had some that were yeah all right first and foremost the joker for the uh owen hart tournament came out and it was it was johnny and it was johnny elite but it wasn't johnny gargano it was john hennigan john morrison johnny mundo johnny nitro johnny impact that's right he johnny made his drip, debut drip. <laughs> johnny drip there you go johnny drip drip making his debut on all elite wrestling against samoa joe samoa joe gets the win um you know what i i was talking about it last week you i felt like joe losing would have been a bad idea um although gargano debuting would have been huge the fans seemed like they were a little bit let down good reaction for johnny but not not the Gargano reaction I think that they were hoping for. Um, this matchup, though, uh, there was some... didn't seem like uh, Johnny Elite was on a, on top of his game. It didn't seem like he was really in tune with Samoa Joe. And I think these guys have worked together in the past. So could have just been a bad night for him. Well, that first half was... Um, they were just way out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there was that one spot where it looked like old John might have thrown something in a little too hard and regretted it instantly. Yeah. He got a huge receipt from Joe. I want to say it's about the midway point. Um, he goes for that, uh, yeah, that twisting cannonball to the outside. He hits it. He hit Joe, but it was rough. So when they get back in the ring, Joe just kind of clocks him right in the noggin. Um, it kind of reminded me, you remember when Brock Lesnar punched Braun Strowman right in the face during Royal Rumble, telling him to slow yeah. down? Yeah, that's I'm what it sorry. reminded me of. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. slow down. It's like, oh, good God. But I'm sorry. <laughs> they go ahead, they slow it down just a tad, and it, they, they had a decent finish to the matchup. Otherwise, it was kind of a rough outing. I'm curious what, what is to come from uh, Johnny Elite as far as matchup-wise, because he, he could offer quite a bit. Uh, man. Mm. I don't know. I might want to let him go to Impact. He could still go. There's no, He doesn't have the official Johnny Elite is all elite. Yeah, I might still would let him go to Impact. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it's a tryout, you know? Yeah, and he maybe, might just be nervous. Yeah, they have done that. How how does he get nervous, dude? I don't know. Maybe it's well, you know, all the time they say when they go from WWE to somewhere else, even Impact. Um, will the fans know who I am? Will they remember me? Adam Cole even said it. When he came to AEW for at, at All Out during his debut, that's because Adam Cole was on NXT, and the, the audience for NXT is smaller than AEW. That's fair. That's not a bad point. <laughs> I can't argue <laughs> that. That's a really good point. All things being equal, though, I mean that crowd knew exactly who the hell Adam Cole was. So, just putting it out there. We go from a qu- questionable segment. 
to probably one of the best matches of 2022 so far. Not the best, but one of. Great, great showing for this guy. And I got to learn how to say the name. It's Koneska Taket. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Konske. Oh, you learned how to say it, did you? Yes. <laughs> Konske Takeshita. There we go. Got my pronunciation screwed up. But anyway, Takeshita's match against Adam Page was amazing. This guy, Brian, you said it best. He, he was He's a star, and he's got a huge, mm-hmm. huge future. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his uh, what is it DDT? And he was he from DDT over in Oregon? DDT Pro, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what his contract is, but I would be like, look, bro, <laughs> let me make you some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't you come work for us full time? Uh, that guy is amazing. Yeah, this was um, <clears throat> a great television match. That last ride powerbomb, by the way, that he hits on Paige. Holy shit. That just that was super, super cool. Yeah, that was truly... Why is NXT popping up on my Evo again? <laughs> yep, yep, that's the metaverse. They hear you. <laughs> You've watched huh. it once, and now Your you're DVR is telling you what you want to watch. <laughs> you should watch this. It's wrestling. <laughs> it's like Netflix. Right. Oh, wow. It, it, no wonder. There's a 10-minute uh, rollover. From last week? No, no, tonight. Oh, wow. On on the guide, it's got, like, uh, where it's going past the 10 o'clock hour. Well, it's 10 o'clock Eastern now. So, in the match between Duke Hudson and Braun Breaker is still going on. Joe Gacy is on the outside with his... Are they Druids? I don't even Who have cares? the first captioning on. Um, but he's on the outside trying to pick on Braun. It's, like, supposed to be a bully, only a... a, a different kind i don't know it's a weird thing 2.0 is anyhow back to something that was actually fun hangman page against Takeshita. sheesh four and a quarter stars by Meltzer on this one i have to agree tremendous matchup page finishes this match with the go to sleep for the win and gets a good stare down with cm punk which leads us to our double or nothing predictions there's actually a considerable amount of matches on this card compared to last week, Brian, when we started talking about it. Might as well start with the pre-show. No, let's back up even further. Let's start with FanFest. The BTE Championship is on the line as Adam Cole defends against Christopher Daniels. Now, we don't know. We don't know what what kind of match it's going to be or Contest, I guess I should say. Is is it it an actual match? That's what I'm curious about. So he said, BTE last week, he was trying to train for Blackjack. (laughs) Christopher Daniels was. And if you remember, he had had, uh, COVID. So he couldn't couldn't be there to challenge. 
So then this week he shows up. Up, oh, up. Oh, he's fighting the Druids. Not the Druids. Anyway, um, this week he shows up, tells Adam Cole it's going to happen. Not even COVID can keep him down. That's the powers of Christopher Daniels. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> good old BTE. Good for a laugh. Um, what if it was like Jax? You know, the ball and the and the little metal pegs. Yeah, but I, it'll probably be 21. Or no, no. Actually, wasn't last week they were like, we're going to swap. Like you get to pick one and I get to pick one or something. Was that? That'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. I'd like to see them put this on the buy-in. I know it's supposed to be during Fan Fest, but please record it and play it on the buy-in. Fan Fest. Yep. So Fan Fest is Saturday at Double or Nothing. Should be a good one. Um, the actual pre-show during the buy-in is going to be Hookhausen. It's happening. Hook and Dan Housen taking on Tony Nese and smart Mark Sterling. Uh, I'm figuring Hook gets the uh, hot tag, runs right through Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, and Hookhausen goes to 1-0. and uh, Yeah, I can see that. We'll be closing out the... Uh, USA browser now because I have no desire to watch yet another episode of Ms. and Mrs. <clears throat> good yeah, show normally. No, it's usually a good, a funny show. Ms. is pretty funny, but I, I, it'll just distract me. Rob, what do you think? Hookhausen versus Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Hookhausen. Hookhausen. Is there even a thought? I mean... Maybe they sneak and get a win over... Well, I guess technically that would put a loss on Hook's record, so no, never mind. I will stick with my initial prediction. Now, that's the only thing that's advertised for the buy-in. The rest of this is supposedly on the pay-per-view card itself. So we'll start off with the House of Black taking on Death Triangle. This match could be just absolutely off the hook and another reason why the trios championship can't get here fast enough um god i don't know who to pick in this i'm just going to go with the safe route and say house of black rob what what do you think that triangle oh okay Which brings us to Brian. Oh, House of Black. House of Black. And and let me just ask you all this. Has mm-hmm. there ever been such a blatant ripoff of somebody else's entrance that y'all can think of? I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I think Edge and Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley should be really upset at the House of Black. <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> yeah, I. if that's somebody watching it going... If I discuss, it's like copy my homework, but make it different so nobody thinks it was mine. Yeah, well, let's just use the Titantron so the <laughs> wings come out better. <laughs> right, and instead of black, it's blue. Yeah, <laughs> no one will here. know. <laughs> it is still kind of a cool stable, but yeah, it's it's a pretty blatant, blatant uh, copy of of what they're doing. 
AEW Women's Championship is on the line. Thunder Rosa defends against Serena Deeb. Rob, you queued up first. What do you think? How did I key up first? I don't know. You hit something and you're, you're, you started blinking. Sure. So I said, all right, we'll go to Rob. Damn it. <laughs> so I want to Thunder Rosa because I don't see them finally letting her have it for her to lose it this week early. Mm-hmm. And I understand Serena Deed and, and what she's got going on. I just don't see the payoff if they have Thunder Rosa lose. Does seem like it could be kind of early. Brian, what do you think? Uh, I agree. Thunder Rosa. You know, with with everything they've done for Serena D, basically having her put Sheeta on the shelf twice, um, she's been on a, a winning streak like no other. I'm afraid that they're actually going to put the belt on her, not because she wouldn't be good at it, but just because, to your guys' point, Thunder Rosa just won this title not too long ago. Um, I'm going to say Serena Deep, though. I think that they're actually going to put the title on her. Oh, y'all, you can't win all of them, Stan. Nope, they're not all home runs. (laughs) Next up is Anarchy in the Arena. I don't know why they didn't go with Blood and Guts. Maybe they're saving it for something else. The Jericho Appreciation Society, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Cool Hand Ange, Angelo Parker, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, and Jake Hager taking on Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club of Danielson and Moxley. This past Friday, Brian Danielson had a, a scare where his leg got caught in the uh, between the ramp and the and the ring. Looked like he, they thought maybe he had a leg injury. A lot of people are saying it's a work. I don't know. It's one way or the other. This matchup is supposed to be basically just a street fight, is what I'm gathering. Um They've done a lot of work to build up both sides of this, and I feel like, you know, they something tells me they weren't able to get Homicide and uh, Hernandez to to make the jump. So they they had Mox and and Danielson, or maybe this was always the plan. <clears throat> Brian, who do you got? The Combat Club, and then uh, Eddie and. Proud and powerful. Hmm. I feel like the, I feel like they're going to keep moving with Jericho's stable and have them go over. I really feel like this will be one more example of of Jericho just just winning something where it really would have made better sense for someone else to do it. Sports entertainment wins out. Yep, making the fans even angrier. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what do you think? Oh, um, because what we need is another Jericho faction. No, um, <laughs> we're I'm going with uh, Danielson and Mox and Kingston because you can't put those three in a group and not expect someone to get the ass whooped. And then you yep. put Santana Ortiz on top of it, someone's getting mm-hmm. ass whooped. Yeah, blood's going to get shed in this matchup. It's going to be messy. Um, oh. Those pretty boys aren't going to be so pretty. No, no. It's going to be a fight. It, it'll be interesting to see a direction it goes. I, I, I think 
I feel like they're just building and building and building for Jericho's faction to be kind of like the inner circle was when he first got them together. Jade Cargill defending the TBS championship against Anna Jay seems really, really soon to take the title off of Jade. So I'm going to go with Jade Cargill. Huh. What was that? She's like 30 and oh, how soon, how much, how many more title defenses does she need? Well, she has been defending it every week since she won it. So I guess that's where the yeah. 30 and O comes into play. What? So I think the first probably three or four for the tournament. Mm-hmm. But I oh, think okay. it's probably a good 25 in a row mm-hmm. that she's held that title. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's too soon, but I think she'll win. Mm-hmm. Jade, she's a star. And she's got the baddies in her corner, and we haven't really seen much of the Dark Order, not not as a group. Rob? Is yeah, it but Jade? you're getting is Statlander it... out there. I'm thinking so, but I wonder if maybe Statlander goes with the baddies. No. <laughs> I say it's going to be Anna J just because you all picked the other one. Well, already then. This next matchup could be could be the match of the night. It could really surprise us. AEW Tag Team Championship: Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, Team Taz, and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in a triple threat for the tag titles. We could really be taken off guard by this one. I don't know if you guys have seen much of Swerve and Keith Lee, but they're they've got a great showing for themselves. Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, Hey, can't go wrong with them. And of course we know that, uh, Jurassic express has been able to deliver in a lot of high, high profile matchups. It's tough to really see what, what direction this will go, but I feel like, uh, one way or the other jungle boy and Luchasaurus do not come away with the titles here. Now the question is, who do I say was going to win it? That's what everybody's waiting for. Let's say Team Taz. Wow. I'm going with uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. I do like that pairing. They're very entertaining to watch together. All right, Rob, it's to you. Who do you think? I think that Jurassic Express is going to pull it out, but there, this is where the deception, the breaking in the ranks starts. Mm. Yeah, I could see that too because the last time we saw like any kind of hinting at it was Christian was holding one of the tag titles, and Jungle Boy had his back turned. So. I mean, maybe we're all wrong. Maybe it's Christian that turns on him instead of Jungle Boy turning on him. Who knows? Well, we'll find out on Sunday. That's right. This Sunday on Pay-Per-View. We've got a dream match coming up next. Dream tag team match. The Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys. This is going to be the third time they faced off. 
twice in Ring of Honor, now in AEW. Jeff Hardy coming off of uh, some interesting matchups from the Owen Hart tournament. Um, Matt Hardy is uh, seemingly enthralled with, with being back in the tag team ranks, plus it sounds like they're working towards a uh, a broken revival kind of situation here. Um, Rob, who do you think is going to win this one? Hardys. Okay, Hardys. Brian, Hardys or Bucks? Bucks. I guess I should be surprised, but I'm not. I think Liv, Laugh, Super Kick ends up winning. I, I think you're right. I think the Bucks win. I think we start seeing the road to the Broken Hardys start at double or nothing. Then we've got the tournament finals for Owen Hart's Memorial Tournament, both the men and the women. Now, Brian, you picked the Joker for the women's tournament final, or for the women's tournament winner. Unfortunately, that didn't work in your favor. It's going to be either Tony Storm, Britt Baker, or Chris Statlander, or Ruby Soho. Those are our final four for the women. Uh, both matches taking place this week. Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. So let's break it up into two picks. Pick the semifinals. Pick the finals. Um, I'll go first. I'll say Britt Baker wins against Tony Storm. Ruby wins against Chris Statlander. We get Tony versus Ruby in the finals. Excuse me, Britt versus Ruby in the finals, and I'll say Ruby finally gets the big one. Mm. What do you think, Rob? I think the final's going to be Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho with Tony Storm taking it. Ooh, okay. Brian, what do you got? I'm not picking. I don't know who the competitors are. I just told you. Yeah, well, I'm not falling for it. What do you mean you're not falling for it? What do you mean you're not falling for it? There's nothing to, to, to fall for here. I just gave you who they are. It makes me think. I don't want to think. Oh, Poor Brian. He don't want to use the head. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not jumping the gun on nobody. You like you did with the Joker? Oh, so you've been waiting what? How many days to 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 get on it? <laughs> I mean, you picked the Joker for both of them. Didn't quite work in your favor in that. And... He's only been ripping you the whole show. <laughs> I have not. Well, so let me ask you something. So, sure. So after Sunday, so next after week. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. So next week when we do the show, any you get wrong. I'll make sure to rip you. I would expect nothing less. What do I? I mean, you. I mean, I can't believe you waited that that many days to be like, yeah, you look like an idiot. You picked the Joker's. All I said was it didn't work out in your favor. I mean, if that's if that's going in too deep, there, buddy. I'm sorry. 
I mean, I, you you said the comment in the chat. I left it alone, and oh well. Now let me just needle them a little bit. Well, fair I mean, enough. At least I tried picking somebody. You did. You did. You you did try to pick somebody. I appreciate that. Always oh, works out better when we put the attempt out there. And hell, if we were to look at who got it right versus who got it wrong, uh, I don't think that my predictions have been all that, <laughs> all that a hundred percent pristine, you know. <clears throat> but I tell you what, let's move on to the to the men's finals. It's going to be Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, or Samoa Joe. Kyle O'Reilly and Samoa Joe are taking place on either Wednesday or Friday. The winner faces Adam Cole in the finals. Hmm. I I want to say it's going to be Samoa Joe and Adam Cole in the finals, but part of me really thinks they might try to pull it and do it a undisputed elite versus undisputed elite. Hmm. I personally think it's going to be they've been pushing Joe too much with the television title. Mm-hmm. But then again, he has the television title. He doesn't need anything. I think it's going to be Adam Cole is going to be your winner. It may end up Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think uh, the, the Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt trio comes out there, maybe distracts Samoa Joe. So Kyle O'Reilly catches a, a roll-up pin or something like that and just happens to get lucky and then gets to the finals. Uh, either way, I, I'd have to agree. I think Adam Cole is probably going to win this one. Brian, you have a pick on the uh, men's finals? Mm-mm. Okay. Same rules. Same rules. All right, fair enough. <laughs> MJF versus Wardlow. This is uh, something we talked about earlier. We talked about the segment, how it built up to this. We've still got a steel cage match on Wednesday between Sean Spears and Wardlow. So the question is going to become, one, what condition will Wardlow be in? That's what everybody's going to ask at the end of Dynamite, I'm sure. And then how this match plays out. Brian, who do you got? Wardlow or MJF? Wardlow. Wardlow. Rob, what a no-brainer. Yeah, I kind of see that point. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of build here that if you do run the risk of MJF, um, you know, sneaking a win, you kind of take the air out of the balloon. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Wardlow. Wardlow's going to win now. How he wins, that's something to be determined, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, to the, best, to the best of my knowledge, this match is just a straight-up singles match, correct? Um, that I do okay. not know. Don't you have the thing in front of you? Yeah, I'm looking at the card itself. It doesn't have any stipulations outside of the if Wardlow wins, his contract is his. And if MJF wins, I guess he's he's fired, period. 
or he stays under contract to MJF. I, I, they didn't really specify that outside of if Wardlow wins. <laughs> hmm. Pesky details. Pesky yeah. Details. Uh, the devil's in the details, that's for sure. So, Rob, you're saying Wardlow? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on that. I think I think Wardlow, Wardlow winning makes the most sense. Although, what you said earlier today about it, you know, MJF being built up and built up and then not winning in these situations, eventually could catch up with him. He is pretty well bulletproof, though. He always finds a way to make sure that he's at the top of somebody's mind. Well, so, I main mean, event. Go ahead. That's that. That's the mark of a of a heel, you know, the true heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, main event wise, AEW world heavyweight championship. We got Adam page defending against CM punk. Adam page has had a hell of a run. He has had some tremendous title defenses. This has probably been one of those things where, and, and I still will disagree with those that say his, his championship reign wasn't a success. I think it has been. Um, I feel like the build for CM Punk here is to get him to the championship. It's it's tough because every time I thought that maybe Kenny Omega was going to lose, he didn't. Although, let's be real, it was Kenny Omega, so you kind of have to lean in that direction. I don't know. I mean... I'm a punk fan. I want to see punk win the title, but it's, it's a flip of a coin. Almost. You don't really lose in this situation by either guy coming away with the title. No, I mean, it's going to be, what is that old saying? Hooker by crook, you know? Mm-hmm. And the only one that's the only one's going to lose out in the whole situation is the WWE, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I mean as much as I don't see them putting the title on Punk because I could totally see them building him up building him up building him up for him to get there just not to do it mm-hmm. and then be like you know what that's fine I don't need a belt um, but I can see Tony Khan giving it to him you know and then that would then pave the way for MGF to go after punk, mm-hmm. you know, as, as MJF does the whole, Oh, guess what? <laughs> so it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. I do believe that it's going to be punk though. I'm going to be fanboy for a second and say punk. There. So you're not All the right. one to say it. Okay. All right. Well, Rob, did, did, did the, the favor for me there by not making me say punk first. Brian, what do you think? Punk. Brian says punk. Well, hell. I guess I can't really go against the grain there. I got to say CM Punk also. Although, this could be one of those situations where we get into a heel turn from punk to give him the victory in the title. Um, and then perhaps this feud between this matchup between him and Adam Page turns into an actual feud, which I'd be all right with. Oh, 
Plus, we really haven't seen sure. a, a back and forth like trading of the title for the world title yet. Yeah, you, start I don't know. You may not get it. Mm-hmm. They do like to be different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's tough when you have the good guy versus the good guy in this situation, you know, because the the line is so blurred with at the, at the end of the day, you're almost having to pick, you're almost forced to pick somebody's turning bad in order to come away with the belt. But that's not really how AEW does it. That's a toughie. Either way, it looks like a hell of a pay-per-view. I mean, this is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eleven matches on this pay-per-view. That's going to be a solid four-hour card. <laughs> the only positive thing is don't have to work the next day. That's right. It's Memorial Day weekend. Because these 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 pay per views that AEW does that go until you know midnight or whatever, and you got to work the next day. Holy God, it's hard to get up. Yeah, yeah, it makes makes it difficult. Sundays are always difficult for me anyway. I'm always I'm always awake Sunday nights, so. But should be a worthwhile venture. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to get together and and enjoy the show. Should be fun. Uh, let's see here, guys. Got a, a couple minutes. Anything, uh, anything y'all want to cover? I'm still Not taking all. cash donations. I am curious if FTR makes an appearance on the pay-per-view since they do not have a match. What did you say? I said I'm curious if FTR gets on the pay-per-view because they don't have a match. Hmm. Why does they not have a match? I have no idea. Maybe this is a situation where FTR gets involved with the tag title match. I really don't know. Or... Let's back that up a little bit. Maybe FTR gets involved with the finish of Wardlow and MJF. They have been saying that they are friends with both guys. They've said that they like Wardlow, and they've been leaning towards the face direction. Maybe they come to the ring to stop Sean Spears from interfering on MJF's behalf. And either they turn and whack Wardlow with a chair, or... They run Sean Spears off, and Wardlow gets the win. Okay. <laughs> We're spitballing here, seeing seeing what goes against the wall and sticks, right? I mean, I. I think they'll they'll make their presence known. Will they have a match? No. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Because AEW doesn't like throwing things on last minute. Too much. I mean, there's still plenty of time to do it. You can always make it a fatal four-way for the tag titles. That's a lot of bodies in the ring, though. Who knows? Hey, our thoughts go out to Kurt Angle, who had both knees replaced just today. He posted that on Facebook. Here's to hoping for a fast recovery. Um, That's going to do it for us for this week. We'll come back next week with our uh, official recovering of the results show of (laughs) Double or Nothing. God, you'd think I get paid to speak for a living. Catch up with Rob on Twitter at Rob Hefner C2C. Catch up with Brian at Vlad Dragul C2C. Catch up with me at Stan Grubb. And the show is at C2C Radio Show. And, of course, C2C Radio Show.com. Let us know your thoughts on uh, Double or Nothing. Tell us, hey, did you think it was going to be Punk? Did you think it was going to be Wardlow? Or maybe MJF pulls it out. We'll read it on the air. Thanks again for listening, folks. And we will see you next time right here on Corner to Corner. Hey, wait a minute. You get paid to do this shit? Uh, no. You just said you get paid to do this for a living. You holding out on us? No. You're cutting our mics off early, aren't you? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 